many archaeologists and other social scientists can find the highly technical, high-precision pronouncements of molecular biologists a bit intimidating. And the findings of Kahn and Stoneking, along with subsequent genetic studies, threw a major monkey wrench into the multi-regional origin theory. They extracted mitochondrial DNA, in shorthand mtDNA, from human placentas for analysis. Mitochondria are tiny organelles that float around within the body cells, which also, of course, contain DNA within the cell nucleus. That is the joint contribution of the mother and the father. But mitochondrial DNA, a much smaller affair than the prodigiously complex nuclear DNA, is passed from generation to generation only by mothers. The key here is the notion that it is never mixed up with any male contribution and serves only to set up and organize the mitochondria themselves, which act as power converters to energize the body cells. It is therefore more stable than nuclear DNA, changing over time only through random mutations. Though it is random, the rate of mutation could be calculated over long periods of time by comparing how close the mitochondrial DNA from two species are, say, chimps and humans, given the amount of time since their descent from a single ancestor. In this case, it was believed to be about 5 million years, and the number of differences in the two suggested that mitochondria DNA experiences one mutation per 10,000 years on average. Working back from their various samples of human mitochondrial DNA taken from those 147 human placentas, Kahn and Stoneking announced that some 200,000 years ago, rather years had passed during which enough random mutations had occurred to have produced all those slightly different people from all around the world. In other words, there lived some 200,000 years ago the largely modern common maternal ancestor of everybody alive today. At the same time, Can and her colleagues found two strains of mitochondrial DNA deriving from Eve. One was found exclusively in Africans, and other in all the other populations, including some Africans. Thus, Eve was almost certainly an African. Many paleoanthropologists were swayed by this landmark study, 
and many other already were proponents of out of Africa too, which soon replaced the multi-regional thesis among most scholars. This preference has continued even though the math behind some of the Cairns-Denecking study was shown to be incorrect, and that it seemed that there could be, rather could in fact be multiple roots for the mitochondrial DNA of human populations today. Another quibble that surfaced concentrate, other surfaced concerned the time involved in mitochondrial DNA mutation rates. It averaged out to 10,000 years per mutation, but that did not by any means make it an accurate molecular clock in all circumstances, especially for shorter periods of time such as a mere 200,000 years or less. But molecular genetics could not by any means be dismissed out of hand, and numerous labs continued to refine the techniques and publish their findings. Another problem with the whole Out of Africa 2 thesis, as noted before, is that nothing in the archaeological record so far shows anything like it taking place. The absence of evidence on and in the ground, as far as archaeologists are concerned, amounts to putting a wooden stake through the heart of a vampire. One of the more flamboyant molecular biologists plying the field of ancient genetics is Brian Sykes of Oxford, whose lab managed to extract DNA from the Iceman, Iceman found in the Alps in 1991, determined who the Polynesians were, and was able to postulate that among the female descendants of Eve were seven daughters to one of whom anyone of European extraction can trace direct ancestry. To each of these daughters, Sykes gave a name based on the letter of the alphabet assigned to the genetic quote-unquote cluster or clan she founded. Thus we have Tara, Helena, Katrine, Xenia, Jasmine, Velda, and Ursula. Sykes offered to receive mitochondrial DNA samples from anyone interested. A swab from inside one's cheek is sufficient as an example, rather as a sample. And for a modest fee, explain which daughter the applicant was directly descended from. Ursula, the earliest of these women, lived 45,000 years ago, and all of them were thoroughly modern millies, so we will have to leap ahead in time to meet the seven. Sykes provided biographies of the seven, stories that he based on both conventional archaeological thought and fictional imagination. Of course, other daughters of Eve existed as well. Sykes found 26 in all, 
who have given rise to everyone now alive on the earth's continents. And of course, they weren't Eve's daughters, Eve having lived some 150,000 years from rather years before any of them. They were in theory real people, actual human beings, who lived and died, but they were discovered by looking backward from living people today. Everyone sex could find who represented Europeans had mitochondrial DNA that fit into one of seven distinct clusters. And the seven daughters are the women who are as far back in time as we can go through an unbroken matrilineal lineage, except, of course, in Eve, to Eve herself. In other words, from Ursula to today, each generation produced a daughter or two. Any woman along the way who produced only sons would disappear from the mitochondrial DNA record. Here are Sykes' seven scenarios. Ursula As noted, Ursula lived some 45,000 years ago at a time when the Earth, particularly Europe, was cold, with glaciers gathering in the far north. Greece, where Ursula was born into a band of 25 people, was a land of grassy plains with scattered forests lying up against mountain slopes. The band lived in a shallow cave in the cliffs below what is now called Mount Parnassus, and it being spring, were in the process of moving upward into the mountains from their winter camps below. In the mountains, they could ambush bison as they made their way up through a narrow gorges and passes to the summer grazing areas. In the high ground, the people had to compete for caves with cave bears, just as on the plains in winter they had to compete with hyenas for the remains of dead bison, which were too dangerous to hunt in the open. Ursula's people rarely encountered bands of stocky, heavily muscled creatures, other humans we today call Neanderthals. They tended to keep away from Ursula's people, who were slimmer, taller, and with smaller noses. All signs of people who had come from warmer climes. Over the generations, Ursula's people had migrated from Turkey. Ursula's mother collected frogs, birds' eggs, tubers, and roots, while her man scavenged the hyena kills or occasionally hunted down a deer. Life was hard, and many, especially the young and the old, died of starvation in winter and accidents of one sort or another, as well as disease. When Ursula's 29-year-old mother died, the girl was fully grown, her dark good looks attracting a great deal of attention from the young man in the band. She eventually chose one, giving birth to her first daughter at age 15. 
Four years later, she had another, and Ursula lived long enough to see her first granddaughter dying at the ripe age old, old age of 37. Ursula's people were the first modern humans to colonize Europe, and today, 11% of all Europeans trace their ancestry to her, concentrated mostly in Scandinavia and England. Xenia 20,000 years after Ursula lived, it was much colder, and what of Europe lay south of the advancing glaciers was windswept tundra. Xenia was born in a round hut made of mammoth bones and tusks covered with bison skins. With spear points finer than anything Ursula's band could make, and with spear throwers that increased the range and power of the spear. The men in Xenia's band hunted bison and other animals, from the great herds that migrated north and south with the seasons. In the long winters, Xenia's people burned bones for heat in their bone huts. When Xenia was old enough, she would occasionally join her father on the hunt and help him skin and butcher the kill. In time, Xenia got pregnant in due course gave birth to twins. Typically, the littler of the twins would be immediately destroyed since no mother could carry and feed two infants and at the same time gather food for herself. But in this case, Xenia's parents knew that a woman from a nearby band had lost a baby, so they wrapped up the smaller one and presented her to the bereaved mother who raised her. Some of Xenia's descendants went east as far as Siberia, and 1% of the Indians of the Americas are her descendants. In Europe, 6% of the population arose from her line, mainly in Eastern Europe, but also in some in France and Britain.